pray. Set us on fire by the power of the same Holy Spirit that sparked the birth of your church and reignites its passion with fresh expressions of the gospel message throughout history. And hold me up that I might lift you up. Amen. In the wake of various authorities declaring faith communities essential and allowing for and even insisting on the reopening of temples, mosques, and churches, I've seen a variety of responses in news articles and on social media. Many of them echo what our very own Rio, Texas Conference Bishop Robert Schnazy says in a video that he shared this week, which is essentially, our churches haven't closed we continue to gather virtually to learn and to worship and to be in ministry in our communities and the world. I've never questioned whether church was essential or not. In fact, Westlake UMC is so committed to church that when it became apparent on a Friday that we'd have to suspend in-person gatherings, our deeply committed and very smart and talented and creative staff and worship team pivoted so magnificently that by Sunday, two days later, our very first online-only worship experience was vital and meaningful and helped the community to gather virtually and safely to worship God. We didn't miss a beat. Well, maybe we missed one beat. I wasn't sure if I was on camera or off camera. In my mind, I was being very stealthy, sneaking off the stage. We have had some glitches. None of it's been ideal, but all of it has gone better than any of us could have imagined. We're learning so much, whether we wanted to or not. And it's not just the staff and worship team, but all of you are learning. According to our recent churchwide survey, 37% of you had never worshiped online before COVID-19, and another 36% had only done so once or twice. Two and a half months into this, there are only 10% who say they still have not worshiped online. And I know that some portion of that number are people who would if they could figure out the technology, which is our next move to figure out how we can best help those who are still struggling to get online. Y'all, before COVID-19, even I had never Zoomed. Now it's a major way of life, and not just church life, family life, social life. I've had a couple of doctor's appointments via Zoom or some Zoom-like platform. Now I sometimes experience Zoom-induced paranoia. You know that sensation that you feel like you're still being watched even after the meeting is over? Ever since the initial restrictions on social gatherings began, the Holy Spirit has inspired, guided, energized, and empowered us, blowing through our brick-and-mortar house of worship and sweeping us out into new experiences and expressions of gospel witness. And this is not the first time that's happened. Just after Jesus was crucified and had risen and ascended into heaven, his followers per Jesus' instruction, gathered and waited together in Jerusalem. They weren't exactly socially distanced, but it was a shelter-in-place order of sorts, as Aaron pointed out in our children's time last week. They were to await the Holy Spirit, a gift 
promised by God that would empower them as witnesses for Jesus Christ, bearers of the good news of God's great love. And 50 days after the death of Jesus, they received God's gift in spectacular and dramatic fashion. Listen to this reading from the book of Acts. When Pentecost Day arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound from heaven like the howling of a fierce wind filled the entire house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be individual flames of fire alighting on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. There were pious Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And when they heard this sound, a crowd gathered. They were mystified because everyone heard them speaking in their native languages. They were surprised and amazed, saying, Look, aren't all the people who are speaking Galileans, every one of them? How then can each of us hear them speaking in our native language? There were Jews from every nation there that day speaking all sorts of different languages, yet each heard and understood the gospel message in their own language, and they were transformed by it. Pentecost was 50 days after Passover and was an occasion for Jews to gather in Jerusalem to celebrate. At its inception, Pentecost was a festival of first fruits. It was a harvest celebration. By the time Jesus came along, it had become an occasion to remember and celebrate shared Jewish history. At the time that the book of Acts was written, it likely had already become what it is today, a celebration of the receiving of the law or Torah, which are the first five books of the Jewish holy text and what Christians refer to as the Old Testament. So as Jews from everywhere gathered to celebrate God's gift of the harvest and their shared way of being in community with God and with each other as laid out in the Torah, a fierce wind blew through the house where all of those who had followed Jesus' instruction were waiting and it set them on fire even as it drove them out into the streets where scripture says a crowd gathered and were mystified because they could hear and understand what the disciples were saying, what they were proclaiming in their own tongues. There were 120 people who had been waiting for the gift of the Holy Spirit that day, yet after their passionate witness, more than 3,000 more joined their numbers we have been driven out of our house of worship and into the virtual streets to proclaim God's mighty gospel in a new and different language. We've encountered new people out here. Worship attendance and participation in our small groups is up. We are learning how to be in ministry, how to reach and serve our community in new ways how to proclaim the gospel in new languages. The church is essential. 
And while we all long to gather again in person, the church never closed. We're simply responding to the needs of this time, a time that requires us to practice physical distance as a means of caring for one another, a time that requires us to learn to speak new languages, languages like Zoom and Facebook Live and Livestream. We recently conducted a church-wide survey to gather information and thoughts from you as church leadership in conversation with the district and the Rio Texas Conference pray for guidance on how best to be the church, especially during these times, especially as we consider what it might look like to come back together in person. How might we best express who we are and to what we are called during this critical time? We are the body of Christ, his presence, grace manifest in the world during a time that calls for a new way of expressing the love and care of neighbor that God calls all of us to. Since suspending in-person worship, we have continued to be the church. In the week and weeks following that first online-only worship experience, we began to get Sunday school classes, small groups, committee meetings, and ministries adapted to online platforms like Facebook and Zoom. We reimagined Holy Week and Easter as online-only experiences. I even had the joy of officiating my first Facebook Live wedding in April. Since that time, our online worship and ministry experience has continued to evolve. The promised Holy Spirit remains present and active and continues to blow mightily through us continues to set us on fire, to inspire, to lead, to empower us, to speak fresh grace into a world that so needs it. Y'all, another black man died this past week at the hands of police using excessive force. More than 100,000 people in this country alone have now died of COVID-19. Economies around the world are suffering. And y'all, those who live on the margins, who were on the margins before COVID-19, those are the ones who are suffering the most right now. This time calls for an outpouring of the spirit, an outpouring of grace like none we have ever seen. And it needs to be heard by all people in the language they know best. Music and youth and children's ministries, they're all planning vital summer programs. There are new adult ministry opportunities coming. Just last Saturday, we partnered with Lost Creek Living and Any Baby Can to connect with the community and gather resources for families that are struggling. Y'all, we gathered almost 2,000 diapers, not to mention wipes and toys and some clothing, plus $600 in donations. We're gonna begin a book study on June 10th to help us learn about and begin to talk about racism. 
We're going to study the book, White Fragility, why it's so hard for white people to talk about racism. I talked about it a couple of weeks ago in my sermon. Check out our website for information on how you can register. We continue to be the church, and by God's grace, we remain open. We remain open to the movement and the leading of the Holy Spirit, and exciting things are happening. We've brought in a summer intern, Jordan Chicas, who can help us learn to speak some of these new languages. She's a second-year seminary student and a future pastor. And our very own Kurt Davis just graduated seminary, and he will be appointed as our associate pastor on July 1st. He's helping us to learn to speak more fluently to our community. And y'all, we have a whole class of confirmands who, thanks to Zoom and a very dedicated and engaging youth director, Diane Kofal, completed confirmation. They've been helping lead worship today, and you're going to meet all of them in just a minute. Talk about speaking new languages. They're fluent in all things technology. We're going to confirm them once we're able to gather again for in-person worship. The Holy Spirit is alive and well and blowing through our church, howling and fierce. Oh, God, may it sweep us all out of our comfort zones and into the street where people are longing to hear good news of amazing grace spoken in a language they can understand. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Amen.